Welcome back to another episode of Revealed Apologetics. Um, I think it's been a while since my last video. I don't even remember. Things have been quite a blur for me, so I'm totally sorry if you were awaiting and uh, it was a long time for me to, to whip out another episode, but here we are. Um, I'm back and... Um, I want to I want to ask a, a little favor. Uh, um, I, I do run out of time a lot and don't have a lot of time to put um, as much work into these as, as I want. And so I was wondering if people would mind. Uh, I don't know how many people actually enjoy my intro music. <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoy it. Um, but if you don't enjoy it, you just want me to get right to the uh, the information and just the content. Uh, why don't you uh, email me at revealedapologetics at gmail.com. I, I would really be interested in hearing what you guys have to say. Um, would you prefer you like the, the intro music uh, or you would prefer, uh, you know, that once the podcast starts, it just jumps right into uh, the topic. All right. Uh, again, I'm not a very tech savvy sort of guy, so um, I would really, really appreciate uh, anybody, uh, anybody's um, opinion and kind of, uh, you know, uh, kind of their take on that, all right? So revealedapologetics at gmail.com. You could email me uh, to let me know. All right, well, in this episode, I want to address uh, the question, um, and it's a commonly asked question, uh, how can a good God send people to hell? All right, this is a very um, emotionally charged question, and it is often difficult to answer because it's an emotionally charged question, okay? Um, and, and unfortunately, even for, the, for this episode here, the logical answer to this question is not going to be as emotionally satisfying, right? Um, and that's really, uh, a lot of people are driven by emotion and people can be turned off by good arguments due to emotional issues. And we want to be very mindful of that, okay? Um, but at the same time, we are Christian apologists. We want to present what the Bible has to say in an uncompromising yet loving fashion. Um, and so we want to allow the Bible to speak for itself, um, even if that means that people will have problems with it. All right. Uh, that's the, you know, whether people have problems with biblical truth is really irrelevant to us. The issue is, are we speaking the truth in love, but uncompromisingly uh, presenting the truth? OK, so so how can a good God send people to hell? And as I said before, the logical answer to this question is not going to be as emotionally satisfying. But then again, truth is not determined by emotion. That's a very important thing to keep in mind. All right. So so, so how do we tackle this question? I, I think to be perfectly blunt, um, if the Christian God exists, OK, and the Christian God is good then it would seem to follow from this that it is a good thing to send guilty sinners to hell, okay? If the Christian God is uh, exists, that would mean that the Christian worldview is true, uh, that which God has revealed in Scripture is true, what God says about the nature of sin is true, the guilt of everyone before a holy and righteous God is true, and that sinners deserve uh, eternal separation from God. Um, uh, that that's That's true. If we were to grant the package, I think... From within a Christian worldview perspective, the idea that a good God can send people to hell, I think, is is consistent, although not emotionally satisfying. All right. So if the Christian God exists and the Christian God is good, then it would seem to follow that from this, it is a good thing to send guilty sinners to hell. It's a good thing for true justice to be executed. That That's just, I think we understand this in human terms if we take a look at something like the courtroom analogy, right? When a criminal is found guilty, no one should, you know, and the evidence is in, right? This person is rightly guilty. No one should cry out the judge is unfair or the judge is not a good judge. It's not the judge to be blamed for the guilt of the criminal, 
okay? And so we got to keep keep that in mind from the biblical perspective, okay? Now, if you're coming at this from a different worldview perspective and trying to impose some kind of standard uh, upon the Christian worldview that the Christian worldview does not itself hold to, then you're going to run into some problems. In philosophical argumentation, that is called an external critique, an external critique. Um, and what you want to do when you want to validly critique a perspective, what you want to do is what's called an internal critique. And that is to hypothetically grant the truth of a perspective and see if it could hold itself up. If you grant the truth of a perspective, but based on its own assumptions, it falls apart either logically or, or whatever, then that's a good demonstration that that worldview is uh, an insufficient one. Okay, so it is keeping that in mind. But given the truth of the Christian worldview system, uh, everything that I've just explained there, I think, uh, is 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 true. Right. If God is good, his judgments are good. He's righteous. He never wrongs anyone. And there are sinners. People are guilty of their sin. And so it would be a good thing to judge sinners. OK, um, now another aspect to this question, I think, is important to keep in mind that when people ask the question, how can a good God send people to hell? They often implicitly absolutize God's attributes. Right. Uh, for example, uh, they will absolutize the uh, God's attribute of goodness. As though good is all that God is. Okay? How can a good God send people to hell? And so they'll focus on the attribute of goodness to the exclusion of all these other attributes that the Bible um, speaks about. Okay? I think this is a very imbalanced view of God. I think the God of the Bible is also just. He's also righteous. He's also holy. And a whole host of other attributes. Now, if God did not punish sin, then he wouldn't be good. And nor would he be righteous since it is not right to allow sin to go unpunished. Okay? So God is going to act. Here's another thing that the God of the Bible is. He's consistent. And he's going to act consistently with his nature. Okay? And so we want to keep that in mind. I think it is also, it's also inconsistent with the Christian worldview to suggest that good people are sent to hell. So, you know, people will suggest something to this effect. You know, well, there are a lot of good people out there, and so how dare a God, you know, the God of the Bible, send people to hell? You know, you hear stuff like this all the time, okay? Um, but I think it's inconsistent with the biblical worldview to suggest that there are people who are intrinsically good, right? Uh, this is where we need to analyze these issues from a biblical perspective. The Bible says there is none that is good, Romans 3, 10 through 12. And according to the biblical outlook, the Bible says in Romans three twenty three that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now, because God is perfect, God is holy, God is righteous, and he's just, he perfectly and in a holy and righteous and just manner executes right judgment upon sinners, such that they are without excuse. And in Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, and since all have sinned, it logically follows that all deserve death or judgment. Hence, all that are sent to hell, according to the Christian worldview, deserve to be there. And there will be no one in hell that does not justly deserve to be there. The omniscient, thrice-holy God who will judge all men can never wrongly judge since it is he who knows the innermost parts of men's hearts and is in himself, uh, and is in the position, rather, to judge rightly and perfectly. And he will when the time comes. All right, so God is in a position to judge rightly, okay? Now, the prospect of a coming judgment upon... Uh, you know, all men by a holy, righteous, and just God is a frightful thing for those who stand under that judgment. 
But this is where where the gospel message offers offers hope, right? We this is when we present the gospel. We present, uh, you know, two aspects here: the law and the gospel. You can't tell people the good news if they don't know the bad news. And the bad news is that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The bad news is that the wages of sin is death. That's the bad news. The good news, however, is uh, really found uh, in the gospel message itself that there that there is salvation in Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, I think the message of the gospel is a hopeful one, given that it is possible to be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. So apart from the passages concerning the frightful judgment that the Bible speaks of, the scriptures also teach that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved, Romans ten thirteen. So for those who, who place their trust in Jesus Christ will find him to be a perfect savior. In Christ, we have the sacrifice of the perfect, sinless son of God, who bore our sins in his body on the cross. And in Christ, the love of God towards sinful men is expressed, and the wrath of God for our sins is satisfied in his perfect death on the cross. Indeed, true hope can be found only in Christ and the finished work that he accomplished on the cross. And this is why it's important to proclaim the gospel message to a lost and dying world. We do that through uh, proclaiming his truth, evangelism. Of course, this includes uh, apologetics, which, which works hand in hand. We're always being ready to give a reason for the hope that's in us. And of course, uh, this is very relevant. In First Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it says to set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts. Okay, The Lordship of Jesus Christ must govern the manner in which we engage in those activities as we proclaim God's truth. This is very, very important because when we, when we don't have the Lordship of Christ over our hearts and our minds— we begin to water down the gospel message out of fear for offending people. You see, the message of hell is offensive to people, and even for Christians. It's it's a difficult doctrine. I, I'm not denying that it's, you know, obviously there's there's a great emotional, um, as I said before, an emotional punch to, to this concept. Um, and, of course, even Christians grapple with these, with these truths. Um, but as I said before, emotion does not determine truth. The Bible's the word of God, and the Bible teaches that there is a hell, that there is a judgment coming upon sinners who are guilty, okay? Then that is what the Bible teaches, and we should proclaim that truth, and we should share the gospel with a lost and dying world, okay? And so we need to do that uncompromisingly, but with gentleness and respect, um, and out of love, uh, not only towards God, but love towards our fellow man, okay? All right, well— I hope that answers the question uh, to some, you know, to some satisfactory. Um, again, obviously, this is going to be an offensive message, but but quite frankly, and I mean this with with all, uh, if I can be very frank here, um, I, I mean this in a very uncompromising fashion. I, I really don't care. Uh, not that I don't care about people. Of course I do. But I don't care if it's offensive, because if it's true— then uh, it's irrelevant whether you're offended by it. I can say it in a nice in a nice voice, you know, you need Jesus or, you know, you're going to be judged for your sins. And, you know, I'm just telling you this because I love I could say that nicely. Uh, it's still going to be offensive because the message of the gospel, the message of a holy and righteous and just God who will judge sinners uh, is offensive to people. But if the Bible's true, you are a sinner and you need Jesus Christ. You need the gospel. And so this is very, very important. May the Lordship of Jesus Christ and the authority of the Holy Scriptures govern 
the way we do evangelism and apologetics and how we answer these questions. And we trust that God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will use our words spoken in a fashion that is consistent with the scriptures themselves. As we speak these things in love, we pray that God uses these words for his purposes. As we plant the seed, may the Holy Spirit cause the growth, produce the growth that will result. And we are able to rely completely and fully on the work of God as we uncompromisingly proclaim the truth that is laid out in the scriptures. All right. Well, if you have any questions about anything, uh, but uh, more specifically, this uh, question, how can a good God send people to hell, you can email me at revealedapologetics um, at gmail.com. Okay. If you have any topics you'd like me to cover, um, you know, in these brief little podcast episodes, um, you know, let me know. I'm, I'm interested in, in what people want to hear, and I, I want to be able to provide that for you guys, um, especially Christians who are listening to this podcast to kind of uh, bone up, so to speak, on, on their apologetics. All right. So uh, please don't don't hesitate to do that. And again, just as a quick reminder, if you want me to get straight to the podcast and skip the intro music, uh, you know, let me know. Uh, email me. I'd really appreciate your thoughts. Okay. Well, that's it for this episode. I'm keeping these things short. Um, eventually, uh, when my schedule opens up, I'll try to cover topics uh, at a much longer length um, and kind of jump into some uh, jump in depth into certain topics, um, especially pertaining to presuppositional apologetics, which is kind of the kind of the main thrust of why I started this this podcast. Which I will be covering more on that topic in later episodes. Uh, but yeah, but let me know. And um, looking forward to, to hearing from you. Take care and God bless. Bye-bye.